pretty good. Some headway on that. Pretty good. Love it. You know what I'm saying? I love it when you do good. Yeah. You know what I mean by that, right? Good morning. I forgot my wig. Hey, wasn't that fun? You know, it's okay to laugh in church. We reverence the Lord. We bless the Lord. We cry. We worship. We're convicted. We're challenged. And sometimes we even laugh in the house of God. That's okay. Because God is the God of great joy. Well, this morning is the morning of joy. And uh, if you've seen our seniors, man, we're just excited about that around our house personally. And a little sad about that, too, because, I mean, life will change. But last weekend, I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was an honor to have my wife here with me uh, sharing the message. A lot of you said it was one of the best messages that ever come off this platform. Maybe the best message that ever come, because she was here. And so I was thankful for that. But this morning, I want to get into a subject that we all really need to get into this. We really need to embrace it. It's called the power of agreement. We know what it is to disagree, the very opposite of the video that we just watched with humor about working together, being a team, teamwork. I did a series several years ago about, I call it the church as a team, and we talked about how the body has individual gifts, but when we come together corporately and collectively, we're infused with the power of the Holy Spirit, and we move together in much greater force and power and impact. And i got to tell you, we caught it partly, but I feel like when we went to two services like 15, 16 weeks ago, we caught a new gear. Have you noticed? I mean, the buzz around the community, the buzz around our church with the two services and the growth, well, it's because a lot of people are inviting people and people are doing ministry together. And see, you can only do ministry together when you choose to come into agreement. Oh, I'll assure you, there's many things we can disagree on. And I can start listening to my litany and you can listen to your litany of things. And, you know, before long, we can just all walk away and nothing get done. But we've got to agree. So this morning, I want you to turn to the back of your worship guide. And there's a place for taking notes. The Lord has just flooded me with scripture for this message. So I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures that aren't on the screens. They're not in your notes, but I hope that you'll take it seriously. Let me give you the first one. I don't believe it's, uh, it's right across the top, Matthew chapter 18. But I want to do something because what I realized was that is a powerful verses 19 and 20. But I need to go to uh, Matthew 18. I just realized that I hadn't marked this. Matthew 18, 18. Let's look at that verse. Let's back up one. You ever notice that when you read scripture, sometimes you just include these verses. And if you'll go before and after, it's amazing sometimes what it'll do. Well, let's look at this. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's a whole message in itself there. That's a pretty powerful kingdom thought. And verse 19 says, and again, I tell you that if two of you on earth, what's the next word? Agree. What's the word? Circle it. You've got a pen there. Circle it in your Bible. The Bible says on earth, if you agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. That's pretty powerful. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. That's the promise of Scripture. Let me give you another one. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. And some of these you just need to write the reference. It says uh, simply, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar there and you remember that your brother has something against you, go and reconcile. Go and do it right. So it's about all about this horizontal relationship. Let me give you another one. First John 2, 9. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother or his sister, they're still in the darkness. So what it is when we talk about agreement, it's all about the vertical. But for the vertical to be right, the horizontal has to be right. And for the horizontal to be right, the vertical has to be right. You see, you can't separate the two. And I'm going to hammer this over and over because this is the, the premier thought today. 
The premise is, if our vertical and horizontal aren't right, we're not right. We say we love God, but we hate our brother. No, we don't. We say we love our brother, but we hate God. No, it's not right. They both have to come into, into agreement. So darkness blinds relationships. It blinds our, uh, and it hinders our relationship with Him. And it blinds and hinders our relationship with one another. Let's move through uh, John 13, 34. Listen to this scripture. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. <laughs> the thought there is, how are you with people? Well, me and God, we're doing just great. I love God. Praise God. Bless the Lord. But people? Huh. I'm kind of put out with people. And we could probably write today if I just said, hey, write down the top three people that you're in disagreement with. You're like, only three? Or you go, well, yeah, I can write those down. Then I said, well, how about the people you're in agreement with? Because God says if you really want to be in agreement and in power with Him, you have to be in relationship and write with those beside you and those that live in our world. So write this down. Agreement means harmony of people's opinions and their actions. <laughs> we come into agreement, in harmony, in a symphonic movement, if you will, in, musically, to be of the same mind, to arrive at an understanding. That's what it means to be in agreement. It's very powerful. I was looking at this, and there's a passage. I want to write this verse down quickly. It's two verses. Romans 12, 16. 1 Peter 3, 8, and they say the same thing. Now, they might have a little bit more, but they have this line in both of them. They say, live in harmony with one another. In other words, the Apostle Paul and Peter are trying to go, this harmony stuff is big. When it comes to the kingdom, we got to be in agreement. we got to be in harmony. And we'll look at some reasons of when people weren't in harmony. And then let's look at one more. Matthew 22, verses 36 through 39. It says this, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, the people of old, the, 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 peop the Jewish people, they knew what it was to have law. And they had some 400 laws, and some will say they had 600 laws, and had all these laws and all these religious notes. And, and so they were to come to Jesus and go, Jesus, we want the cliff note version. And in this, we really want to know, what is the greatest one? Jesus goes, I can't give you one, but I'll give you two. And we just read them there in Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second one is, like in that, love your as yourself. You see, let me just say this. <laughs> this thought's coming to me. I hear this a lot of times. Pastor Keith, you're not very deep. Pastor Keith, you're deep. Let, let, let me tell you something. You know, you don't even want to get me in a debate about being deep. Because here's what I know. We still have a problem in the church of Jesus Christ loving our neighbor as ourselves. And when we start doing that and the world is one to Jesus Christ, we'll go just as deep as you can go. But the last time I checked, we can't even do the stuff that I'm offering off this platform as I'm trying to break it down from a mature believer to a carnal believer to somebody that doesn't even know Jesus Christ. We have got to be mere, not hearers, but doers of the word. And the church said, you see, y'all, we don't do half of what I preach. If we did half of what we preached, oh my goodness, we would have services all weekend long. I long for that day. You're going, are you a nut? No, but I want my life used up for Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that really matters. It's not if we have a big house or a big car or a dog or don't have a dog or what's a dog got to do with it? Or got, I know what it is. Me and Donna watched Winn Dixie the other night. That dog smiles. Anyway, let's get back to the text. 
That's the craziest movie, you know. And it made me almost want to go out and get a mutt just like it. Okay, don't don't email me if your dog looks like that. It is kind of muddy looking, but it was cute. Okay, but a relationship with God doesn't make sense until we do relationships horizontally with other people. Relational connection here. Here, let's uh, look at this first blank. Agreement means we have relational connection. We're relational people. Our mission statement talks about relationship building. We're a relational church. We have a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have relationships one with the other. We need to come into agreement. It's very powerful. The Apostle Paul says, if there be any encouragement in Christ, if there be any fellowship of the Spirit, then walk in that joy. Come into agreement. It's powerful for the church to come into agreement. The next one is the horizontal determines the vertical. The horizontal will always determine how much we really love God. We can shout, God, I love you, but I hate my brother, then I'm a liar. And you see, this is where the rubber meets the road for for Christ followers. And it's hard, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we can love those that are disagreeable, those that are different than us. And agreement means to fill it in. It means to get on the same page or come into harmony. See, when the church gets on the same page, it's a beautiful sheet of music that you want played. But when the church is going all these different directions and we have all these different leaders and nobody's in in community and nobody's in agreement and there's no unity, we have an absolute mess. See, one plus one and God equals a threesome. And God wants to be the controller of our life here. So I'm saying, God, would you teach us about agreement? We can agree on the destination, but sometimes we don't agree on how to get there. We can sometimes agree on the victory, but we don't agree on how the battle is going to be fought. Sometimes we agree on how to glorify God, or we think we should glorify Him, but we're going to do it differently. See, just all these things run through here. Like the, the great football team, the New England Patriots, and I'm not a Patriot fan, but you have to bow to them in terms of athletic accomplishment. Before Tom Brady became a superstar, and they said there was no superstars on this team, but they came together as one. They came together as a team, and they worked, and they won. The church of Jesus Christ is the same when we all come together in unison. But here's a key principle. I want you to get this of all things. Fill it in inside the box. <coughs> when there, Where there is agreement, there is power. I want you to say that with me. Where there is agreement, there is power. Say it again. Where there is agreement... There is power. And until you have agreement, there is no power. I know that from being a pastor. I know that from sitting on the elders board. I know that from leading the staff. I know that from being in the church of Jesus Christ. I know that from being married to Donna. I know that from having two daughters, Rachel and Hannah. I know that in relationship, if there's no agreement, there's no... Is that not true in your house? Is it not true in your business? And God's like, man, you need, they need to hear this message here. Because you see, when we come together in marriage and we come together in family and when we come together in business, there's power. Look at our political saga mess right now. Is there any agreement? No. Very little. <laughs> the only thing I hear everybody in agreement is, I approve of this message. That's about the only thing anybody wants to agree on. Uh, you know, I thought I ought to preach on the weekend ago, and I approve of this message. Bye. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So, you see, when we pray in agreement, there's power released. 
So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get with other Christ followers and pray. I want you to pray often together. See, there's power when you pray, but when you come together with another believer or two or three or whatever, the power of God is infused in a group. Every Monday morning, the men of the church, there's about eight or nine of us that show up consistently, although we just lost one. Is Robbie and Melissa have moved to Auburn. Hey, we've got an opening, men. Hey, men, my prayer is one day we have to have the Monday morning prayer group in this living room. That was weak, but thank you, Jay. But, but the thing is, I wish we had that many men. I go, man, we're going to start off our week. And I know a lot of you have to start work really early, but a lot of people are like, man, I have to have my Cheerios, three bowls. Man, I wish you would just come over. Y'all do like I do. I just eat a, uh, uh, some kind of Nutri bar or something on the way over here, and I got it all over my face when I get here. But that's okay. But I have my diet mountain view to make it through the day. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so we pray. Uh, let me give you a verse. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 30. Deuteronomy 32, 30. It's a great verse. It says, basically, that we can have some incredible power <laughs> in our life. Listen to this. How could one man chase a thousand? Or two put ten thousand to flight? Unless their rock had sold them. Unless the Lord had given them up. In other words, you're trying to put a demon to flight? And one could put a demon, a thousand on the run, but two can put ten thousand on the run. It's an exponential kind of thing here. When we come together in agreement, man, demons, the, the power of evil has to go away. In your own life, you have greater power. Because see, the devil is logical. He, he definitely understands the way we work. And next to the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ, he's the second greatest force on the earth. So I don't want to be ignorant of the power there, but I know we have greater power. See, there's a couple words I'm thinking about. Disunity, disunity, and division. Those things are wrecking the church of Jesus Christ. Division and disunity. And can I tell you, this church has been a church of unity, and it's had a time of disunity, and I praise the Lamb of God that we have been in unity now for years. Hallelujah. And I invite every member, put your hands together and give God praise. And let me just say this to you from this platform. If you ever choose to get out of unity, please see the leadership. And then if you have to, leave in a peaceful manner that honors Jesus Christ. I would not want to stand before God going, I brought havoc and division and divisiveness to the church of Jesus. It's his bride. Oh, I love the church. So the sole strategy of the devil here is to get us not to get in agreement. And, and if you don't believe that, just look at your marriage. Did you marry somebody different than you? Why y'all laughing? Mark and Pam know something. Yes, my wife and I, we are total opposites. But she compensates for what I don't have. And do I compensate a little bit? Yeah, for what she doesn't have. <coughs> we need one another. You need one another. You're different. And in this church, there are so many different personalities in this room. I mean, you know, sometimes I just go, God, only you can make this thing what it is. Let me <coughs> move on to this because I keep thinking about agreement. When we agree, God shows up. There's a passage, turn over to Psalm chapter 133. Psalms 133. I love this particular one. <coughs> this has been one of my favorites for, for years, and it just has a lot of power. Listen to it real quickly. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil pulled on the beard, running down on, on the head, running down the beard, running down on Aaron's herd. 
let me say it again. I can't even read. Ran down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Let's go up to the top. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity, when they live together in an agreement. See, the psalmist is trying to tell us something here that's so kingdom, and I could spend a lot of time there, but I will say this. Miracles and supernatural works follow unity and agreement. And when you don't have agreement, you don't seem to see much activity of the Word of God. So agreement equals power. Agreement equals power. You're going, why do you keep saying that? Because I want to get it into our spirit man this morning. This is powerful for us. But there's three things we've got to do, so let's get ready quickly. <laughs> three things we've got to do. Number one, we've got to agree on the difference. Not on what we don't agree on. We can come to terms and you see it this way and I see it this way, but we've got to come to agreement. It's like when you sell a house and a buyer comes up to buy the house and <laughs> there tends to be disagreement. You have to reconcile the differences. Usually it's price, closing, points, will I get a warranty? Hey, will you put landscaping in? Blah, 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 blah. And there's, so there's differences. And when they come together in agreement, you sign a contract. And at that point, you ratify oneness. You ratify agreement. Hey, I can agree with you. When the church of Jesus Christ, there's people all over the page with different things going on. And God says, <laughs> you know, sometimes we might have to separate. But if we do, let's don't separate with anger and bitterness and all these kinds of things. Let me just say this real quickly because I don't have a lot of time to get there. If you'll look in the book of Acts, and then you'll look later in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, there's two men. Their names are Paul and Barnabas. The Bible says they had a very sharp, harsh disagreement. And they split company. They'd been very good friends. They'd been partners in the gospel of Christ. And it was all over John Mark. They left unreconciled. Years went by. They were not together. And God was still using them because God will not thwart his purposes. But later in their lives, in 1 Corinthians it says there, Paul says this, I love it. He says, he speaks of Barnabas, my friend, my fellow apostle, my partner, my co-worker. Later in one of his, I think he's in jail, he writes about John Mark, what a blessing he is to him. They get reconciled, and when they get reconciled, there's power. And in the church of Jesus Christ, we need, listen to this, we need to learn to attack the problem, not the person. Did, did you hear that? If, if you walk away with that one truth today, it'll be worth all your time for being here. Attack the problem, not the person. But see, we're so personality driven. I know, man, I'm very emotional when it gets to that. And man, that's part of my strength and also part of my downfall. And if I'm not careful, I can attack the person. That's never going to edify Jesus Christ. It's never going to build up the church of the living Christ. But if we attack the problem and say, God, we want a solution in your power, in your name, God brings blessing. It's so powerful here. So what's more important, the issue or Jesus Christ? Jesus. The issue or Jesus? It's Jesus every time. It's like, God, we need to figure out how to get on your page. Amos 3.3. I love this passage. I remember years ago when I found it. And once again, I was reading it all weekend. What does it say? Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? So for the word agreed. <laughs> two do not walk together unless they first choose to do so. In marriage, you don't walk with your marriage partner unless you choose to do it. In relationships, you don't always walk together. Some of you are in partnerships. You don't walk out that partnership unless you decide internally to do it. 
in the church of Jesus Christ. Don't tell me what. I am sure I have ruffled your feathers, irritated you more than once. That is my job. And thanks be to God you didn't leave. But sometimes people leave. I can't believe he said that. I say 10,000 words a weekend minimum. That's all you disagreed with? And you were here for 104 weeks, for 10 years, 11 years? Praise be to Jesus Christ. How many words do you say in your office of people? In the office that I work in, sometimes we disagree. You're like, you're in the church. Whoopie-doo. We still got personalities. You know, when, I, when Don and I used to lead student ministry, when I used to hire college interns, because we had a lot, a lot of teenagers, and we would bring them home. And that was one of the first lessons I had to tell young men and women. It won't be as perfect as it looks on Sunday. Sometimes we might raise our voice and we might disagree. I never will forget the one girl. <laughs> I can't believe y'all like got mad. And in t- 10 minutes we were hugging. I said, get over it, sweetheart. It's the church. It's people. We have relationships. You remove the people, we'll remove the disagreements. But you also won't have a job. She goes, okay, let's fight. Okay, all right, so here we are. <coughs> Uh, let me just give you this real quickly. Premarital counseling. I do a lot of that. I've done so much of that over the last 20 years. And one of my goals, although I really don't push this like I should, I should get people to fight in premarital. I kid about, hey, I've got uh, punching gloves over here, you know, and we can pull them out and y'all can hit each other. Now, I have had some people escalate their voices in premarital. And really the goal is, and, and if I really did it completely right, my goal would be to get every couple to fight, not to sit there and just look at each other with goo-goo-eyed and sitting on top of each other. It's absolutely ridiculous. But <clears throat> but you see, when they fight, there should be a question. I love what Chris Hodges said. You should get them to fight, and when they fight, then you should say, now, can you marry that? But you say, well, you, would, you wouldn't do that. I, I've really been rethinking about doing my marriage counseling. Either my marriage counseling is going to fall off and I won't ever do anymore, or it'll pick up. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> but you just want to marry roses and big diamonds and restaurants and fairy tale life forever and ever. That's called a honeymoon and then it ends. Okay, here we go. Proverbs 24.3. I shouldn't say the seniors are here today. I'm going to ruin their aspirations of marriage. Proverbs 24.3. By wisdom a house is built and through understanding it's established. Learn, understand, appreciate the differences. There are differences. Uh, when you're in agreement, there's power. Let's move to the second one real quick. <coughs> love, uh, oh, i got to say this. Are you familiar with Gary Smalley's work on love languages? We tend to marry somebody that has a different love language than us. We want to receive love in our love language, but our partner has a different love language. For I was thinking about me and Donna. Donna's love language is acts of service. That ain't my love language. My love language would be more words of encouragement and affirmation or physical touch, but it would not be acts of service. So our marriage has gotten much better when I learned when I mop the floor or do something like that that's really needed in the house, that says to her, you love me unconditionally. You see, you see, but you know, if she just speaks words of life and encouragement and builds her man up, that just screams love to me. Now, all of us have different love languages. Kids have different love languages. Let's move on. Number two, agree on what you agree on. <laughs> I left the word out. Agree on what you agree on. Make that the big deal. John Maxwell, the leadership guru I've quoted many times, he said there's a 101 principle. Find the 1% that you agree on and give 100% to that effort. 
See, so many times we don't agree on much. But if we do agree on one thing, let's give 100% to that and work at it with all our heart through the power of the Holy Spirit and we'll tend to come out victorious. What brings us together, what we celebrate, not what we divide on. I promise you in this church, if we just put up a list and go, tell me everything you don't like about Christ's community and we'll have it on this screen next weekend. And then let's put everything you like about Christ's community on the outside. And they would be in conflict and some people would say, no, it's on the wrong, no, it's on that board. And we could have a mass fight next weekend and close the church. But why don't we choose to agree on the Lord Jesus Christ exalted in the church? And that we are going to heaven by faith in the Lord Jesus. And He shed His blood for us. And the Word of God is infallible. And there's a virgin birth, and there's a death, and there's a burial, and there's a resurrection. And there's essentials we have to agree on. And there's other things I'm like, I ain't going to fight you over that one. I ain't got a big enough dog in that fight. And there's, <laughs> I'm on this dog thing today. You shouldn't make... <coughs> I just thought, I guess if I would watched this movie earlier, we could have shown a Winn-Dixie clip today. Okay, all right, let's move on. Uh, let me just give you a, a, a practical thing. The National Association of Evangelicals. Did you know it's the third largest association organization in the world? Do you know what the biggest organization is? The Democratic Party. You know what the second biggest party is? The Republican. You know what the third biggest organization is? The National Association of Evangelicals. There's 40 million people claim to be in that association, in, in that group of people. And do they agree on everything? Are you kidding? If we just lined up the churches in Jesus Christ in Montgomery, do you think we'd agree? Man, you pour. Man, you dunk. You drown. You sprinkle. You do this. You do that. You wear robes. You wear t-shirts. You wear coat and tie. You, you know what? True story. This morning, I almost wore my first coat and tie in 12 years on a Sunday morning experience. Because, I know, that's what I thought too. Because my wife... Uh, tell me not to. But our daughter's graduating. We're going to temple this afternoon for her baccalaureate service. So I couldn't wear my regular cool stuff, so I had to dress up a little bit. But she said, leave the tie off. But see, some people, had I had a tie on this morning, they'd have been upset about that. Some people would have said, I knew he was going to dress right one day. I've been praying for that. But if I go back there and get my robe in the back and I put my robe on, some of you are like, praise God. Some of you are like, is our pastor a monk? You wouldn't know what to do. And people will fight over styles and, and colors and church names. and Man, let's just agree on what we can agree on. Amen? We're an interdenominational church. That means people ask me, how do you pastor that church? Do y'all fight all the time? No. You want us to? We'll take you on. You bring your congregation down here at 2 o'clock in the parking lot. We'll get after it. No. I want to love Jesus. I ain't got time for that. Okay. <laughs> Y'all, I got a message. I could preach for another two or three hours, and I realize I've got to finish up. So, whew, having fun. Here we go. Uh, coming into agreement, the prayer of agreement. I want you to walk away with this thought. Where there's agreement, there's power. And when you go for the prayer of agreement, Satan will fight the hardest. When the church wants to prevail in the grace of Jesus... The devil comes after you. But I want us to be known as a loving, unified, agreeing fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Third, agree to agree. Agree to never let anything divide us <coughs> around here. Let's just say, you know what? Unless you just get crazy, pastor, and quit preaching the word, we are not going to choose. Like in marriage, let me let me give you all a, a thing that could help you in your marriage. You, you need that. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I love it. 
Do I have a witness? Let's take an offering right now. Man, that sounds pretty good. All right. Lauren, you're killing me. That was good. All right. Let, let, let me give you a cue about marriage. Don and I got married 29 years ago. Oh, Raymond Claudia, I got married about 400 years. No, Claudia's not that old. Raymond, though, y'all got married, what, Raymond, 43 years ago? 42? And some, anybody, Paul, you and Miss Margaret, y'all been married how long? 52. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. But here, here's what I know. See, young people need to hear this. Here's what I know about marriage. Don and I decided when we made our vows to God in 1979 to one another, divorce was not an option for us. Amen. We came into agreement. There are days... I have not liked her. There are days she's seriously not like me. But there is security when you go. It is not an option to depart and divorce one another in this covenant relationship. And we will endure to the end in Jesus Christ. And one of us is going to bury the other one. But that gives security to our girls. It gives security to our relationship because we chose to come into agreement. I just preached a message. I just amen myself right there because I'm going to tell you what, that right right there fit. You know what? I know I'm going to get attacked on what I just said. The devil didn't like what I just told you because, Lauren, you're right. You're getting ready to get married. You need to know. We're coming into agreement. This is a life commitment. If the church proclaimed that more from the pulpit, we wouldn't have a lot of the message we've got today. Don't get me on that soapbox. Anyway, okay. All right. Uh, and, and with staff, when our staff agrees, there's power. Sometimes we have a little conflict. I don't want you to go, what do you do? Just sit around a water cooler and fuss? No. But sometimes we, we, but we resolve to get it right. And when we get it right, there's power. See, the principles of God are true. And God, if we get it right horizontally, we get it right vertically, and we give you glory, and we give you praise, so we have to work on the facts and things that God tells us. I want to just give you two verses, Romans 4.19 and Romans 4.20. Guys, I'm not going to be able to go there for sake of time, but uh, these two passages in Romans talk about the facts maybe say this, but this is what God says. And sometimes, I mean, not sometimes, every time you have to go with God, you can work with the facts or you can go with what God says. I encourage you to go with what God says. The facts might look like this, but if God says all things are impossible, you go with that. Because our God is mighty and he's awesome. And when we come into agreement with God, the impossible becomes the possible through faith in Jesus Christ. And right now, I'm surrounded by some people that have some impossible situations. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. I used to love when we used to sing that song right here from Hill Songs. It was, it had brass and all this kind of stuff. It, it was just fun. And, uh, and I still believe it to be true. So this morning, I want to just close out real quick. I want you to bow your heads with me. And there could be that somebody right now, there's some irreconcilable differences in your life with other people, with your mate, with somebody. And my prayer is that you will choose to agree and to come into unity this morning. And you're saying, God, I want to be humble and gentle because this is what I need. (laughs) So right now, as I just made that proclamation, I believe there's a lot of people right now, if you just identify with that, you have some relationships in your life that need prayer, that need help, would you raise your hands high? Just raise them all across the living room. Hold them up high, all across the living room. I want to pray for all y'all right now. 
Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for every hand held up that have relationships that are strained, that need a touch of heaven. I pray the Holy Spirit would fall down every one of these men and women and boys and girls and infuse and give hope and life to them in Jesus' name. And then another prayer is this. Would you come in agreement today with the Father to realize that you are a sinner and you need a Savior? And if you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, would you call out to Him in simple faith and say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need you as my Savior and Lord. Come and dwell in my life by faith and change me even now. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me and make me your child. I choose to agree with you, Father, in faith. I am born again. Jesus is my Lord. If anybody made that prayer, would you just raise your hands high to the heavens right now? Anybody? Come on, be bold. Would you come in agreement with the Father? Okay. Well, Lord, I thank you for meeting with us here in this place today. You're an awesome God. And teach us as people, as couples, as families, and as a community of faith, teach us to walk in the power of agreement in Jesus' name because there is power there. And God's people said, Amen.